witticism. Colloquialism. Segway. You're such an egotist. Yes. By the way, guys, I'm really humble. Well, how do you do? Now when you get for free. Oh, God, it's awful. Bad Philosophy, episode 158, recorded on December 6, 2014. Bald Philosophy. Hey, it's Bad Philosophy. We're back once again. I'm your host, Stephen Torrance, and I'm here with uh, your two favorite people in the world. Or one at least, of them you don't even know is Yeah, one of them you yet. don't know yet is <laughs> uh, the one who was just started talking, of course, is Kevin Saunders. Welcome I'm, back. I'm always your favorite person, Stephen. Yeah. Favorite person with a mustache and a beer. And a beer with highly, coffee in it. Highly qualified statement there, mm-hmm. Stephen. Yep. Um, not, not, uh, nope. Okay, and the other what person on the show. guest. <laughs> that would that would be a good idea. Our other guest on the show is Hi. Robert. Hi. What's your last name, Robert? My last name is Babst. Robert Babst. Or pronounced in, in Germany, Bobst. Bobst would be Bobst. De Bobst. My, yes, that De man is Namen Bobst. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. What? Sprachen Sie Deutsch? No. No. Nine. I know of my lineage, but I have no respect for it. Obviously, <laughs> I don't speak the language. <laughs> I just started learning German on Duolingo, so I'm uh, impressed. Any no. any actual German speakers out there? Please forgive me. I actually have immense I'm respect. Sorry. Just something about I have immense respect for anyone that speaks more than one language. Right, like automatically, your your like social stock with me goes wow goes right up. I'm like, oh, even if it's a fake language, like oh, I speak English and Klingon. I'm like, I mean, Klingon I, is a real Esperanto. language. Let's it's okay. Like, uh, you're you you're already treading on thin ice here, Mister New Guest. There's, there's a movie starring. <laughs> I'm doing. I'm a Star Wars podcast. I'm talking about Star Trek off uh-huh. the bat before I even get to Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I can see what you mean. Yeah. Do you know there's a movie starring William Shatner entirely in Esperanto? Oh no. my god. Know. Mm. Wow! Yeah, and it's We're it's gonna, like Twilight Zone era uh, Shatner, not like '90s era Shatner. So oh, pretty, and what's the, the name of the Twilight is, Zone episode? The one on the plate, something at thirty thousand feet. Th- th- terror, terror thirty thousand feet with the the wow. airplane goblin. Have you ever yeah. seen it? The airplane goblin? No, it's a oh. great. All right, it's <laughs> like my favorite Twilight Zone. Well, the second favorite would be the one with the department store with the mannequins that come Ooh, alive. That's, oh. a good one. That's a good one. Third favorite's the, well, no. Is it? Yeah. Third favorite would probably be the the guy that just wants to read. Yes, uh, and then time his, enough at last. Yes, and his glasses episode. get smashed at the very end. Uh, he, he's in a library or bomb shelter yeah. or something, and the world ends. Um, he gets what he wants. He gets and all the finally, books. He's finally alone. He's mm-hmm. not going to be bothered anymore. I was like, time enough at last to read. And uh, then he breaks his glasses. And then he steps oh. on his glasses. It's actually the, the first episode of The yes. Twilight Zone. Wow. It's like if there, was a, if there was a beautifully filmed depiction of someone's personal hell, that, mm-hmm. that was it. Right so, there. Yeah. Yes. So uh, now that we know your favorite uh, Twilight Zone episodes, Robert, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Sure. So um, I fell in love with uh, science fiction fantasy at a very young age, um, due completely to my father. Uh, so I thank him for that very much. Thank you, um, Robert's dad. Yes, exposing Mr. me Babst. to um, uh, literature and film. Um, um, uh, one fateful day dropping me off at the library, I asked, to, you know, I needed to do um, uh, do some research for something and... Um, uh, you know, just like, well, I'll just take you over to the public library and you can hang out there and do your thing. And instead of doing my work, mm-hmm. um, of course, wandered over into the science fiction fantasy section and that happened. So, of course, yes. Um, and then also him showing me movies like Star Wars, which was the, you know, Indiana Jones and Blade Runner and 2001 A Space Odyssey, mm. you know. To name a few, and if, and then Very his my da- my dad's actually big one was Star Trek. That was his. That was his thing. I, yes, and so he there was always Star Trek going on in that. Like our family night together um, was enhanced by the arrival of the next generation. So mm. we would gather round the uh, television set. It was a very, very like that, uh, v- very nineteen fifties, yeah. Rock, like Norman Rockwell mm-hmm. depiction of the family with the TV dinners right. around the tube. Yeah, but we were watching Next Generation. Uh, mm-hmm. Vividly remember the uh, the two part saga with Picard being captured by the Borg, Lacutus of Borg. And I think it was called oh, Best of Both Worlds. Best of Both Worlds. Part one yes. and Part Two, which part was the season two. finale oh. of season three mm-hmm. and the season opener of season oh, four. It's like, quite can you imagine? Great. Like the the just A the episode ending. Picard yeah. has become integrated with mm-hmm. the Borg, and the final line of the episode is, 
Riker, who is now in charge of the Enterprise, because right. his captain has been taken and he's fire. Absolutely. Um, oh. Oh, it was... Wow. And then you had to wait all year to get the next episode. It was my first oh. cliffhanger television experience. Was Amazing. Was, was Best, Best of Both, both worlds. worlds. Absolutely. Oh, my yes. God. And then things like... He got me into a fantasy with um, giving me The Hobbit... Like you mm-hmm. know, giving uh, watching Conan the Barbarian for the first time with him, like the, things like that. Uh, dragon, uh, uh, Dragon Slayer with uh, Peter McNichol. Yes, you never seen that? I've never. Oh. No. Peter McNichol and uh, I know Peter who, McNichol from He's... as Janos from Ghostbusters too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, oh my yes. God! Yes. One, of, one of many <laughs> Janos Paul. Yes, hello Dana Barrett. Yeah. So <laughs> wow. But he was awesome in Dragon Slayer. It's a great movie. Um, so things like that. Yes. So cool. Uh, and well, then thanks course, for joining us. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we also also since you're apparently too humble to mention it, uh, you also host the Bald Solo. Oh, I, I do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I, yeah. I didn't know how how <laughs> I was getting really in depth in my childhood. So I was like, I, I could go <laughs> on know, and on here, but fast forward to rabbit trail. That's what we do. Fast yep. forward to today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the all of this stuff maintained. Uh, maintained, of course, uh, and enhanced as we got more content, um, got into newer, bigger, better things. I mean, it's, we all have a laundry list of things we have added to our science fiction fantasy bucket. Mm-hmm. Always. Um, but I was at Star Wars Celebration 5, and uh, I, uh, or no, 6 was where I saw this. At Star Wars Celebration 6, I saw Kevin Smith speak. I love Kevin Smith. And he was talking about you know, um, content creators. Mm. And he was asked by someone in the audience, and this was an extra thing you had to pay to go see, but it was well worth the 75 bucks. That's a pricey ticket to yeah. see a guy talk, but he's he's actually really awesome live to see talk. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he's talking about content creator creation, and someone had stood up and asked him, you know, God, you started with, you know, clerks, and you had no money, and... You know how do you, how do you do? I, can't, I mean, how do I do something like that? And he's like, nobody has any excuse not to make anything now. Right. With just just if you just have a smartphone in your pocket, like you can, there are apps you can make things, and we're doing that right now. And yeah. that, that's yes. what inspired me. I was like, I have to do something. When I get home, I love this genre as a whole too much not to do just to make something, put mm-hmm. my mark on it. So. Um, fast forward then to now, and I made a podcast. I mm-hmm. started a year ago, so it will be a year ago. This past, actually, it's a year ago. This past May. So, cool. wow, yeah. So a year and a half. It's been. It's been. Wow. Yes, it has been a year and a half. Oh my god, we're in December mm-hmm. now. How time flies. Scary. It is yeah. weird. So it'll be two years this coming May. Right. Yeah. Uh, I started with uh, my first month. I did a podcast a week all about Star Wars and had different people that did different things in the world of Star Wars. And well, then I yeah. branched out from there and talked about all kinds of different topics. So Congratulations yeah. for keeping it going. Well, yeah. it's hard when you have a bills and a job and all that. Well, we, we, we at the Bad Philosophy Podcast were doing one a week many, many years ago. Mm, yeah. We're many. now on year eight of yep. Bad Philosophy. Eight years. is That's amazing. It's, yeah. it's been... It's been it's quite been, a ride. Yeah. Um, we, I, I know Steve and I have grown immensely over those eight years. Um, rabbit Trail, a random person was tweeting us. Um, what? And I, I, have a, I have a Twitter alert set up for Bad Philosophy because I'm a big nerd. Right. Not myself. Um, and he, he, he didn't name names, and I called him on it. He's like, I was listening to old episodes. That loud guy is such an ass. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I, I responded as me, not as the Bad Philosophy Twitter account, so I don't remember the password for that. And I was like, are you, are you talking about me? Because I, I was. You're right. Um, you know, and I've, I've grown a lot over the years. But, yeah, I was, I was pretty I probably still am sometimes. <laughs> um, d- d- you've definitely attenuated. Like a couple yeah. days later, like, oh, I don't, I don't want to name names. Sorry if I was, if I was too offensive. I'm like, you, no, you put it on uh, the Internet and right. you added us. I always find like, that funny. <laughs> I, I always find that funny just I- even, even in, in, in just a regular social interaction. And then you have the Internet social interaction. I always find it interesting when someone says... Um, um, like, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. That's the first one I find funny because no, you're, you know you're not because you're doing it. Like you, right, you know yeah. you're, you're you like apologizing enough, for something in the act. You wouldn't doing be doing it. it. You're, yeah. you're saying is you're already admitting is rude to do. So it's it sort of be, like I'm not a racist, but it's more. Yeah. I'm not a racist, but I yeah, but I don't like Klingons. Right. Nothing yeah. ever comes after that that's not racist. God, yeah. Klingons in their warrior ways, you know. <laughs> and I'm it's not sort racist. Of, the statement I is have sort of a like, Klingon friend. Yeah, okay, right. So I, I can say it's this. All good. I have. I have <laughs> 
at least yeah. two of my friends are Klingon. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, at least two. At and least. my sister married a Klingon. Right. So yeah. I can totally say this. I mean, I, yes. Um, <laughs> oh, no, God. it would be more appropriate to say, may I interrupt you? And then mm-hmm. the person has the opportunity to then say no or yes. And also to, you know, I don't mean to be rude. But I don't like your face. Yeah. Right. It's like okay. Well, <laughs> too bad you you failed. You, you were failed. just rude you, to you, me. You yeah. You're yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I would mention who he was, but I don't actually care that much. No, and, it's, it's uh, cool. I'm on the internet where I am right now. So. Yeah. Yes, I had. I did. I briefly did a YouTube thing, mm-hmm. and the 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 producing your own content by yourself. I mean, I'm just in. I am absolutely in awe that you p- produce content. The two of you by yourselves for eight years. It's amazing. It's a lot easier when we're in the same city. It is. Mm-hmm. We did a long distance for three incredible. years. Mm-hmm. And that was we that was probably the slowest we ever yeah. was then. But I, I mean I have immense respect for anyone that any content creators out there that are holding down like regular jobs, regular mm-hmm. bills, houses, lives, all that. They're, I mean professional content creation, that's great when you get to that level and you're mm. doing that. Like the nerdist, well, of course, yeah. right. is a great yeah. example. But I used to do YouTube. The video part I took away. To make it it's more sustainable tough. for yeah. myself, yeah. so video I'm married is, is and I have a dog harder. and I have a life yeah. and a job and all those things, yes. I, have, like, I can't do the video thing. Was insane. Well, I had a, a brief YouTube thing I was playing with called Just a Parsec, so I would have just a quick <laughs> video, right? And my very first troll commenter was all he left was just a parsnip. What? It's the oddest. I mean, it, like he called. <laughs> It was so specific too. I, like a, a parsnip is a very specific. It's, it's like, a root vegetable. It's so a root. Carrot. It is it's white. Well, oh, okay. It's pretty tasty. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's a vegetable. I, I, I was puzzled. I like stared at the screen. Like it wasn't one of those loud, ha- that loud, hateful. <laughs> I love that this isn't going to be edited at all. Yeah. Um, one of those let. Wow. That, that pause you of incredulity from no, Robert you drink was when I drink uh, it down. licked um, a bit of the froth from the top of my beer bottle. Be- yeah. yeah. It's the best are interesting. part. Um, so, I'll drink yours if you need me to. Oh, no, I'm going to drink it. Um, <laughs> but it's not like the you know the loud, horrible YouTube comments. Mm-hmm. They're like the bullhorn, all caps, mm-hmm. just vitriol. Yeah. You know, yes, yes, let the hate flow. Just like, you know, that. This was, he took my name of my show. It was like the first episode, so it wasn't even a thing. Just a parsnip and left it there. And I was so puzzled. Like, am I supposed to be offended by this? Right. I don't know. I'm I'm impressed by the the cleverness of it, perhaps. I I, I am too. The play it was a play on words troll comment. Mm -hmm. So if you're out if if you happen to have found this and you wrote that, I'm I'm my hat's off to you. High five. High five. Because that was cool. Yes. Yeah, no, that's well, we should also mention that uh, Robert, you had us on the Bald Solo podcast recently, and and yeah, that appearance will probably these go are going to yes, my, that you, could, you you will be able to then turn around and go listen to that episode yeah, right after. I think we're going to try for a, a simultaneous release. Oh, <gasps> how how exotic of us! Yeah, we're exotic. So old. <laughs> Good news is Robert tried to get our episode edited, and we don't edit this one, so right, mm-hmm. it should go pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Yes. Says Kevin, looking at me. Yeah, because I don't, I don't do any of that work. <laughs> I, I, I don't hold up my end of this podcast sometimes. Right. Well, I mean, you know, you, you, you show up consistently, and I, I think Which that's is more than we can say for some of the people we've had on the show. Definitely. Um, What's happening? Well, we need to get our, our New Year's episode is coming up soon, and that yeah. will be an opportunity mm. for us to try to get back on some yeah, of our. Plus, our, plus, the Hobbit will have come out. Oh, I still yeah. haven't seen the second one because oh, I'm a bad nerd. It, I'll lend it to I mean, you. it's all right. I'm it, sure it is. Benedict Cumberbatch is a good dragon. I would imagine. Yeah. He's got an awesome voice. He just yeah. he does. He just like. Well, yeah. also, to be fair, his movie where he plays Alan Turing will have come out as well. Oh, that will. Yeah. Yep. So I'm excited about that. One. We need to go see that one and then do yeah. an episode about it. I we my my wife and I became fans with Sherlock. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. And who's the actor that played Moriarty? He's going to play the new Bond villain in Spectre. Ooh, Ooh he's a They're going to call it Spectre. Yeah, well, it's not worse than Skyfall, so. Yeah. No, it's just, it, it's great because it harkens back to the 
OG Bond days, because that was the name of the criminal organization, was Spectre. Oh, it yeah. was. Yes. Well, we, the, and, spoilers for Skyfall. At the end, we loop back. Well, to, I we're past that point. I know, but I'm saying anyway. <laughs> yes. well, at the end it was Skyfall, sort of a, It loops back to literally the recreating opening the of, opening scene of... Um, um, from Russia with Love, I believe. No, the first one. The one before. Dr. No. Dr. No is the oh, first one. Yeah. yeah. It, so yeah. The, the ending Sorry. scene of Skyfall recreates with new actors the opening scene of Dr. No. Oh, um, obviously, in, I did in, not in know a that. modern time as opposed to the 60s. Right. It's a really interesting... I had watched Dr. No recently, and so in the theater I was like... <gasps> yeah, the, 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 bra- the exquisite brown leather padded door with the brass rivets. Mm-hmm. M's office. Um, you know... M is a M is a, a a guy again. Yeah, you know, right, I mean, not, right. not that not that it needs Judy to Dench be. Judy Dench was amazing, so yeah, it's, of it's course, a, it's a title, yeah, but, not a person. Yeah, well, sort of like the Dread Pirate it was Roberts, a, right? Yeah, yeah. It actually, that's a great, that's a that's a neat analogy there, because th- th- <laughs> yes, M is kind of like the Dread Pirate Roberts, really, it is. I mean, except so. without the the open market drug mm-hmm. dealing. I mean, there's definitely some some shady well, things going. Judy sure. Dench was very much. The wartime M yes. and, I, and um, Ray Fiennes is is very much the the kind of uh, the Cold War style like mm-hmm. um, M of the I, I assume the that's what they're going yeah, to do yeah, yeah. right that, that kind of like well the world's not at war anymore but we're kind of doing shady things to each other we still so. don't like everybody yeah right. especially those uh, Russians those <laughs> those know, Russians those Russians yeah. yeah who who will be the the nefarious Enemies of the new Bond film. I mean, Spectre was Spectre was never explicitly a Russian. Spectre was an organization. Thing. Well, Spectre was an organization that was led by. Um, well, his last name's Blofeld. Oh, um, wow. Which is who Doctor Evil was a parody of because mm-hmm. he wore that exact outfit, was bald. Yes, and at one point it was played by Telly Savalas. But. Um, um, you know the the come to Las Vegas guy from the commercials in the eighties uh, and nineties. Can oh I point my. a super weird thing that was pointed out to me recently? So, have y'all seen both Hot Fuzz and The World's End? Yes, I have not seen The World's End. Oh, uh, you should see The World's End. I mean, uh, I've seen all of their other yeah, movies, it, so it, I need to. It's quite good. And I was, it's, it's 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 a trilogy, kind of kind it's, of it's, trilogy. It's um, three movies made by the same creative team with mm-hmm. some intentional. Similarities and and I would say motifs. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, there's there's someone pointed this out to me. Uh, Timothy Dalton is the kind of mentory kind of evil character in Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Uh, the, the evil shop owner sort of a guy, very weird, and turns out to be maybe okay after all. Um, there's a really subtle thing, but Pierce Brosnan shows up in End of the World. Same character. Incredibly similar character, okay. and uh, and someone pointed out to me, it's like, oh, that's 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 mm. clever. Yeah, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but like, there's a there's a lot of very similar characterizations. <laughs> I'm like, because eh, because Timothy Dalton and Pierce Brosnan and, and they've both been they've both been James Bond in a row. Okay, like, Pierce uh, Brosnan replaced Timothy Dalton. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> in, in, in Timothy Bond Dalton was the darkest Bond. Dark I mean, you would yeah. you could say Daniel Craig. He's like, I guess yeah, is a dark Bond. Um, but he's like he's he's the athletic Bond to me, mm-hmm. and Timothy he's the Bond that works out. Timothy Dalton, he's the one that's yeah. I can believe that guy can do those things. Yeah, because he's very fit. Mm-hmm. Um, Timothy Dalton was the really dark. Um, this stuff has kind of gotten to me over the years, Bond, mm-hmm. and I'm tired of seeing my friends get killed. Yeah. He only had two movies, but he was. Yeah. There's George Lazenby, really? which is also a fun one. Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Great no, Bond exactly. Film. Nobody remembers. But Lazenby he was, he was, was the one that Moore, nobody knows right? about nobody, or cares nobody about. Nobody likes. And it was he? It was one of the. It's one of the few Bond movies that opens without lyrics to the music, and it's my, oh, wow. one of my favorite. I didn't it's know my that. it's it's my number one favorite Bond theme movie theme. Hmm. The Honor Majesty's <laughs> on Her Majesty's Secret Service. It's also a tongue twister title. Yeah. 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 But. Uh, let's let's talk about Star Wars. Okay. Oh, I guess we can. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're we're only what, nineteen minutes into this. Sure. Yeah, we are. Um, yeah, exactly nineteen minutes in. Hey, as as of as of this moment. Um, yeah. But so, I, I mean, I mean, I, 
I'm not speaking in hyperbole when I say, Robert, that you are the biggest Star Wars fan I know, um, without a shadow of a doubt. Thank you. Um, I I knew people like you existed, but never met one, and uh, you have made me more excited about Star Wars. Um, then my work here is done. I've, I've I mentioned before <laughs> the show, and I've told you that like I picked up the Thrawn trilogy recently, the audiobooks mm. of them, and I'm loving them. And like part of that is because I've been reintroduced to Star Wars kind of through your eyes and through your excitement about it. So that's been that's something I just wanted to share with you because it's really fun. Um, but I always considered myself a a fair weather Star Wars fan. I would always say, you know. I like Star Wars in the sense that uh, Americans like apple pie. Like, well, sure. of course. Yeah, baseball, apple pie, Star Wars. Like, it's a very yeah. American thing to me. But I've, I've regained, I think, some of the excitement I had about it when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I wanted to have you on our show. The, the thing about Star Wars is that anyone who's in, like, the, you know, if you go to a Star Wars convention, you're, odds are you're a diehard fan or mm-hmm. you're, or you're a, a reseller. It's one Either of those. Right, yeah. You're gonna make a lot of money yeah. off of guys yeah. like me. <laughs> so, um, the, everyone has their own reasons. When when I met people at these conventions, they have their own reasons for being super tied to this uh, mythology because that's what it is. It's so big. Uh-huh. It's as I mean, it's it's a, almost as big. I would say as something like Greek or Roman mythology. Oh, large. bigger. Bigger, I've perhaps. actually used by, by Star Wars of in theater classes. Yeah, sure. um, I use it to teach melodrama um, because, like, the original Star Wars trilogy, and particularly the first, you know, A New Hope, is is the epitome, and, and I mean that in a very good way, of like classic melodrama. Um, you know, your 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 hero, your brawny character mm-hmm. in Han Solo, the princess and Leia. He's literally a princess, and then the villain, which is the key to any great melodrama mm. of Darth Vader, who is who is. Amazing, like he's the perfection of that sort of a character, particularly in the first film where he's dark and mysterious and you don't know a lot about him. And so, like, I have on a chalkboard, like, drawn out all the characters and all of the classic types that you get from all the uh, uh, yeah the archetypes, like yes. the, the classic archetypes, and like match them up and like this is this person, this is this person, and it's and it matches, um, which is really just kind of a fun thing. And I did it with a class not too long ago, um, and. I was not getting a lot of response out of it, which surprised me. And I had them like, okay, just raise your hand. Who's actually seen the Star Wars movies? Mm. It was not enough of them. Right. And yeah. I, I, but see, I got Star Wars for me was um, for a, for a, a, a period of time, and it's still after that. It was a refuge for me. Mm-hmm. Like. My mother was very sick with cancer for five years, and she she passed away when I was twelve. But during that time, if I needed to get away from that situation, uh-huh. I had Star Wars. I had them on VHS, and I could always turn them on and escape. Yeah. And I could go on this. I felt like I could go on this adventure with these characters, mm-hmm. and very much uh, felt safe. And uh, even though they were in complete danger the whole time, of course, <laughs> yeah. of course. Um, so. It's that kind of an adventure. And it's what's really cool about meeting people that either getting back into Star Wars um, or uh, in your in your example, you're you're teaching a class and then you have these people that have never seen it before is you've got you've got those people that will go, oh, that's ridiculous. It's blasphemy. I actually think it's really exciting. I love meeting people that have never seen it because it's fun to the, I guess the the challenge. Mm-hmm. Someone like, I can oh, convert. Can I get you excited about this? <laughs> could I could I do that? Um, because because I, it, it yeah. helps you go back to you first discovering it, right? It, it helps. It's sort of like teaching in the in the way that you 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 see it anew again. Well, it's right? a very personal connection for me. If I can connect mm-hmm. with someone with Star Wars and like we can talk about it, I mm-hmm. I get it's a multi layered thing for me. So mm-hmm. it's not just I I think Star Wars is awesome. I do, but. It's, there's a lot more to it than that. There's a depth there. Um, and when you meet people at a convention, it's a whole, like at five, when I was at Celebration 5, it's a whole, it's so, because you're meeting someone who has, for different reasons, but mm-hmm. still is connected in that way that you are. Yeah. And when you meet them, it's it's like it takes the wind out of you. Like, oh my, you're so into this, just like me. <laughs> and they have their own story. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so I... I really want to explore or, or continue a discussion that you and I had on a, a recent episode, Kevin, uh, that related to Star Wars. Cool, you'll have to remind me. Um, the one where we talked about it coming under Disney, and then the the notion of like genetic diversity going down after oh, yeah. after Disney sort of 
eats something, they tend to freeze it, um, mm -hmm. not unlike Nintendo, and just keep rehashing and remixing and re-releasing and sort of cannibalizing the that content until it it just it withers away and dies, um, or it becomes it becomes a shadow of it, it just ceases to continue evolving. And I, so I'm wondering, like, interesting. Now that Disney has has taken Star Wars under its wing, um, what has happened to projects like uh, you know additional novels, right? Does do you know because and, and I'm not too familiar with the history well, of Star the, Wars literature, but like, if does can, every new book have to be signed off on by Disney? Well, if I can jump know? in there, yeah, yes. yeah. Um, so there was a, and this, the, the, just this fact that this happened makes me very optimistic about this. Um, Disney did not. First of all, Disney uh, does not. They own it, but they don't control. They, they, they are not in control of it in the same way that they own Marvel, but they're letting the people at Marvel make Marvel content. Mm -hmm. I don't know. For those out there that have never heard of her, but her name is Kathleen Kennedy, and if you if you like Star Wars or getting into Star Wars, you need to learn who Kathleen Kennedy is. She has been a huge part of Lucasfilm as a whole. If you love Indiana Jones and Star Wars and you ever meet her, you need to shake her hand because you owe her a debt of gratitude. Yes, George Lucas is... He is the guy that, you know, got the ball rolling on all uh -huh. this, but Kathleen Kennedy, which is why she has stepped up uh, and is, uh, um, has uh, inherited the throne of Lucasfilm, she was George Lucas's, like, right hand through, a, like, all the Indiana Jones movies. She's there for, obviously there for the prequels. She's sure. there for the old Star Wars. She is uh, a, an amazing figure in the Lucasfilm saga, so... She is what I would say. She is the uh, she is the queen of Star Wars right now. She is in. She is the buck stops with Kathleen Kennedy. Okay. So she came out and talked about that because the fans. Was the first thing that they really wanted to know was like, okay, 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 wait, 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 wait. So, um, what's happening with all of the EU or extended expanded universe? People say extended universe. X U. You know, whatever. Um, <laughs> all that other stuff that exists. What happens to this? All the things on Wikipedia. What, 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 what's going on? Well, she said, "Look, what we're not, what we're not going to do is have basically a canon, you know, tug of war here. We're not going to do that. But all this content that's been created, if it conflicts with the main things, we we make movies. Mm -hmm. It's like we're making these movies. If if it conflicts with these movies that we're making, then it is going to go into a category called legends. So it will be known as Star Wars Legends. So like." If something in Shadows of the Empire conflicts with a factoid in the movie, then it goes into the Star Wars Legends category. So it's not, it's not not valid. It's just not in the main thread. So it's kind of like if she's Marvel, taking on like you'll a, have Spider-Man, sure, yeah. and you have Ultimate Spider-Man. You have different. You have the same character in different versions of that comic. Okay, so it's it's kind of ultimate Star Wars. How how Am much I, is that? How, it, right? it seems like with Star Wars, though, the the universe has been pretty consistent, and there um, there seems to be a collective yeah. effort to keep timelines There's from so conflicting. Much information, though. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Between eighty three and ninety nine, so much content was created through yeah. fan films, books, mainly books. Um, what's really interesting is if you look at the history of the comics, mm -hmm. Marvel was in control of it, and then Dark Horse, and now Marvel has it back. I didn't so, know Marvel got it back. Mm -hmm. I, I guess that makes sense considering Disney owns yes. Marvel and, and Star Wars. Oh, Dark so. Horse created some amazing stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've read some of it. I'm, I, I've recently started reading um, the one that seemed most interesting to me, which is why I grabbed it first, was uh, Legacy, mm -hmm. um, which takes place 150 years after uh, ABY, after the Battle of Yavin, uh, which is a Star Wars timeline term. Battle oh. of Yavin is when the yeah. is when A New Hope happens, and everything's kind of right. based off of that in the Star Wars universe timeline, um, which is an interesting mechanism I think we should talk about. But um, it, it is like Luke's great great grandson or something along those lines a Cade Skywalker who is exploring the force and uh, is is a Padawan I believe at the beginning of the book he's definitely a Jedi apprentice and uh, decides that uh, he doesn't necessarily want to be a Jedi but he doesn't really want to be a Sith either and so he's gonna forge his own path mm -hmm. um, but it's 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 exploring some really interesting things I'm, I've really enjoyed what I've read of it so far but, but, you said something earlier about 
uh, cannibalizing and freezing mm-hmm. kind yeah. of Yeah. The thing that's different with Star Wars, and I would say the same thing applies to Marvel, mm-hmm. the fan base is humongous. It's a monstrosity, and I say that in the best way. Yeah. It's a great monstrosity. Yeah. And it's so big, there's no way. There's just, they can, they're, it's too big a mass for them to do anything really crazy. Yeah. They're going to make, they're going to do what they want to do ultimately, mm-hmm. but I, I, I have to believe that just like with the Marvel stuff, that they have the fans in mind. And from seeing the new trailer, it was pretty it, clear it to looks, me. That uh, I'll did. put it this way. It looks more Star Wars than Abrams Star Trek looked like Star Trek. It, it at least so far, That's right? Yes. It, it looks like he he's I'm tempted to tangent a here. Bit That's a great point. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. Well, I'm, I'm fine with That's that. That's what I mean, we do. It, it, and, and which is a weird thing. It's like it's like Abrams doesn't take the Star Trek fandom seriously enough, or, but he does take the Star Wars fandom I have a different perspective seriously on enough. I would okay. love to hear it. Go for I, it. I, I, being I, huge, or I, so just so people out there know my Star Trek uh, experience here, I'm a huge fan of the original series. Huge fan of the Next Generation. Um, my wife is a huge Deep Space Nine fan. Oh, yeah. I didn't watch much Deep Space Nine at all. I watched a bit of Voyager and Deep Space Nine, and I watched a few episodes of Enterprise, and I just couldn't get over that horrible Michael Bolton-esque <laughs> opening song. It was It bad. gets better. It was bad, but the show was cool. Yeah. I like Scott Bakula a lot. She, my, my wife is a huge Quantum Leap fan, oh, so yeah. there's that. It's a great show. Um, and it and had I um, love Jeffrey Combs a lot. You know, yeah. they, they brought in yeah. some of the good actors. I, I love the Star Trek movies. Love, 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 yeah. love. I love the original movie with V'ger. I love that concept <laughs> yeah. of the Voyager probe. I think it's cool. And it's the Star Trek movie that a lot of people like think is terrible. But I think it's great. I, I think... Uh Five is terrible. Five, That's five the is still worse. Yeah. yeah, but it's so f- much fun to watch. Oh, sure, sure. Cybok. <laughs> so, what has yeah. gotten you to the spaceship? Oh, man. That's a great question. I, I like that's one of those like drop mic <laughs> moments. Like really, what does God need with a spaceship? It's great. So, yeah. but I think what Abrams did was, in my opinion, really smart. He had, if you look at it in, in terms of the film thread, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. See, they had they had very deliberately connected with even with generations, all of the original crew and all the next generation crew movies. Yeah. very deliberately connected yes. them, and so he had a choice. I'm either going to have to make something in that thread or I'm going to have to alternate universe this. And I think alternate universe this was a smart choice because if you saw what they did with the Star Trek movies with this was they stayed so true to the fan base that they alienated yeah. any kind of mass appeal, which, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm a huge nerd, so I'm fine with that. But <laughs> yeah. as far as box office goes, they, they are they do have, are beholden to sales and box office they gotta and make money. production. They, they, com- they unless he fine, wants yeah. to put his own money into it, which, no. no. So, no. Fresh, fresh faces, fresh actors, fresh concept, fresh style approach, but I like that they involved Leonard Nimoy it had enough of that recognition in it, and they alternate universed it, and they brought in familiar things that were familiar enough because at the end, uh, Nemesis was all about the Romulan Federation conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it actually maintained that thread to a very, very small point, and then went, oh, here's a rip in the space-time continuum, you're stuck, new timeline, everything's different. That, that's one thing I will... I will say, as as a big Star Trek fan, um, which I have always been, I didn't I didn't ever had to rediscover being a Star Wars fan or Star Trek fan because I always have been. It's never gone away, and um, I was I was glad that it wasn't a true reboot, like start over from scratch, and that they J.J. Abrams even in the first movies like look, everything you loved still exists. Um, which I which it I just feel happened differently. It, you know, well, if, if you accept the multiple universes hypothesis, which is which is part of Star, well. Star Trek. I actually yeah. kind of love I, I love yeah. that pseudoscience. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> a lot of so. fun. Um, whereas, whereas, and, and with with sort of the the Star Wars Legends sort of a thing, um, to me, it, it almost feels like. So here, so there's something that, that exists in Star Wars canon that I think is more interesting because I don't, I've never seen it anywhere else in canon and in sort of these massive universes. Mm-hmm. 
is sort of the varying levels of canon. Was Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Okay. Um, so in Star Wars, you had like A level <laughs> canon, which was the movies. Sure. The movies. Absolutely. You know, if you saw it on film, that's that 100% happened. Yep. Then you had sort of B level canon, which was like some of the TV shows, mm-hmm. some of the the better known novels, well, you and had, things like well, that. Well, you had the holiday special, and then you had then you had the Ewok adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Caravan of the Force. Sure. And sure. Battle for Endor, which yeah. were two like straight to cartoons. VHS movies. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Oh my god, they were not good. Well, they were live action. Oh, the, oh, I'm thinking of a different thing then. With uh, Sindel, who was the main character, it was a yes. it was a regular family on Endor, and you know, just family Ewoks. I have it on DVD. If you want a copy, nope, no, I don't. <laughs> I mean, to borrow, I would never illegally copy of a DVD. Of course not. Of course yeah. not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and so there's sort of these you know mm-hmm. A B C level cameras sure. and and things at A level trump things at B level trump things at C and 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 so on and so forth. Um, and to me, the the shift from shift to legends almost like at first I was like they're just throwing it out. They're saying it didn't happen. Right. But to me, like as I dived more into it, I'm like it's just another canon shift. Everything's just getting bumped down a level, basically. All of that could have happened. It may still happen. It's just it might also be contradicted the, the by the movies. Republic's being reordered into the yeah. first galactic empire. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah. And, I, and so I was kind of more okay with it than I expected to be. Now you're wincing, so so uh, I, I'm fascinated. My, Go for it. Well, I just want to get out that like my my thought on the the Star on Trek that whole thing. like well he just split the timelines okay. that was brilliant. My my thought is more like that was lazy. Okay. And and that <laughs> it it takes it, it's clear that Abrams is is taking he he like he he had a choice right he was like either I do make something Either that, I go that does nemesis in some way. With, right. Yeah, he, you know, God forbid, takes it farther into the future and evolves the, evolves the series, which you know I still was I was mad at Enterprise for going backward. Again. Yeah, and that in that same respect, I was like, this is a cop out, because it's hard. You you have to stand on the shoulders of giants. You have to get into the whole thing. You have to call you know make the Okudas your your best friends and and square everything up with with the entirety of you know four hmm. series worth of content. And that's hard. And and to do so that shows a kind of maturity and it shows a kind of respect for that universe. And at the same time. You are then making a contribute. You, you are you are putting yourselves in with that group that has come before. What Abrams did was just was rather cavalier, and it was kind of the easy way out. It was you know I'm just going to split off and do my own thing, and yeah you know all of it still exists in this other timeline, and I'm going to go have my tangential playgrounds. Mm-hmm. It it shows it just kind of a laziness on his part, I think. Now I don't know if he and clearly there's no there's no sci-fi mechanism that allows him to do that with Star Wars and. Abrams is much more of a Star Wars fan than he is a Star Trek At fan, and, and he has said as yeah. much. So I think it, it could have been that he just he, well, he two, was hired on to do Star Trek. He was like, I would rather spend my time doing justice to the Star Wars universe and just kind of take the easy way out of this. Sci-fi behemoths. Yeah. So you do, and I think the expectations from the fan base are different. Yes. I, and he, but I say that. Very cautiously, I am in no way disclaimer <laughs> trying to speak for the entire fan base of Star Wars or Star Trek. Okay, go ahead. That would be, Come on. I'm just hey, going to, in you, one broad general stroke, going to speak I'd for say all you, of them. You have quite a bit of authority to do so. Uh, More than Stephen Ryan. Yeah, I'm not going to endorse that statement. <laughs> okay. But thank, I'm flattered. Um, you are no. wearing the T-shirt. If I could play, I I do. I have a, too many of these T-shirts. But uh, and who can? No, I don't. You can't have you too can't. many. Yeah. But if I could play devil's advocate to that, sure, you say that he was lazy about that. Um, I think that um, it could easily be said that uh, your motivation for saying that, the same motivation could be used to say that he was being rather reverent of the past material and leaving it. Like, I'm going to leave this here. I'm going to put a hermetically seal it. It is yours yeah. for all time. I will not touch or alter this. You have this. And I'm going to make my Star Trek timeline and allow you guys to always go back and have this timeline and continue to love it and cherish it and pet it and wipe it with a clean cloth. But I am making this new Star Trek thread, Mm -hmm. and this is what's happening. And, I mean, I hate to inject business into this, but I I, I have to be practical. I have to believe that part of the motivation for that was a business decision. I like Nemesis, but it was a box office failure. Yeah. Yep. Insurrection was a box office failure. Insurrection wasn't a very good movie either. 
Hey, that's another, that's an entire podcast. Um, but <laughs> First Contact was like a spike. Everybody's like, ooh. Because yeah. the, Bo- the Borg is probably, that, that conflict is the most accessible thing in and, the next And we generation. were just talking about yeah. how important um, the, the Next Generation episode, the um, yeah, Best of Both Worlds, of both worlds yeah. was. Oh, it's and, an, and, it's and, a huge, and, I would say that that's a watershed moment. In, right. In, and and in First Star Contact, yeah. for, First yeah. Contact in many ways was just a continuation of it was that. a sequel to well, it, it Psych- was. Both it physically, psychologically changes Picard forever. Yeah. yeah. In fact, even after his implants are and he's disconnected from the collective and his implants are removed, he still has a connection to the collective in a way. Yeah. And he is forever different. He he commands the Enterprise differently. Mm-hmm. He interacts with his superiors differently. He inter- interacts with his subordinates differently. He looks at everything differently. I mean, there's a great scene in first contact between Guinan. And mm-hmm. Picard in the office when he's going crazy and she calls him Ahab. Yeah. Because he's putting his entire crew at risk to kill the Borg. And she's like, just go after your whale, Ahab. Oh. And he has a... Like, if you're going to hit Picard in the gut, use use classic literature. Yeah. That's what you do. Yeah. And, and, and that speaks to just, you know, Guinan's character having oh, such a long a, view. Yeah. Guinan? When Guinan entered the, uh, the, the show, the... They stepped their game up. It was. Do you know, do you know the history of, of why she's on that show? Well, no. because the board destroyed her people. Well, well, that's why the characters on the oh, show. The character. Do you know why Whoopi Goldberg's oh, no. on the show? Okay, okay, sorry. Um, so, so um, no, the Nexus destroyed her people, right? No, the no. The I'm pretty sure it was the Borg. She was the Borg destroyed her people. She was trapped in the Nexus. Yeah. Oh, she was on a right, she was on right. a craft that was evacuating people from her planet. And As she the got Borg trapped were, in the Nexus. Okay, yeah, that's right. She, she so that's why she was able to say to him. Look, I love that scene in Generations. It's all quiet and ten forward. You go in there, mm-hmm. you're not gonna want to come out. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, and I. It's like it's like space heroin. Yep. <laughs> I should have called the movie that. Yeah. Star Trek space heroin. That's what I kind of love about Kirk is in there. He's like, okay, even though I realize what it is now, why would I want to leave this? It, this is the best this thing is in the universe. Really great, <laughs> and you ruined it. And now I'm dead and buried under a pile of rocks on a really boring asteroid planet. Him. Yeah. I think I think this is an important thing just to talk about Star Trek um, is that that's not always noticed. The original Star Trek TV series was unbelievably progressive in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, the 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 fact that Michelle Nichols was on the show at all and was a bridge crew member was was world shattering. You know, you'd never seen a a competent black woman on screen in that way well, before her. From a from a from an equality standpoint, as far uh, both racially and uh, gender equality, mm-hmm. that was a hu- oh, it was amazing. It was like shocking. Oh, yeah. to TV audience yeah. I mean, to have a Russian in charge yeah. of the weapons. Oh, that was yeah. huge. Yeah. I mean, oh, this, well, this, this, yeah. 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 he didn't come until season two, but still. Well, yeah. Um, but um, those sorts of things. So Whoopi Goldberg, as a child, saw that, saw Nichelle Nichols, mm-hmm. and 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 understood the power of that. And so when. When they were making Next Generation, she like went to Gene Roddenberry and was like, "I want to be on this show. I don't care how. I don't care why. Please, 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 let me be a part of this legacy." Yeah. Um, and and they created the role of Guinan for her, um, and and someone who is incredibly important to the Star Trek universe. Um, but yeah, it's it's that legacy of sort of being inclusive in in what seems almost like a very basic way but in an incredibly powerful way and yeah. mm. and you know Michelle Nichols was going to quit Star Trek until oh, he t- uh, MLK Martin, Martin Luther, Luther King, King Jr. Sir told her not to don't Whoa. do that this, you don't understand how important this is it's super um, important that you're on this show right yeah, now she's told that story before and it's amazing to hear her tell it wow but, well a, another cool Michelle Nichols an- anecdote if, mm-hmm. I don't know if you watch on AMC comic book men Occasionally, it's fun. It's a fun show. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a. So it's uh, Kevin Smith's gang of co- cohorts, and it, the the show opens in. I would love to have their podcast studio. Right. They they have like a really nice it's, podcast. It's like they have a round table. They all uh, have mics. It's all like it's beautiful. It's a, oh, someday. Yeah. Um, podcast <laughs> dream. Yeah. So they open with their podcast, and then it shifts into a kind of a reality show style, but not annoying reality show style. It's like a fusion. It's like a fusion of reality show and like 
um, Storage Wars slash any Pawn Wars yeah, show. Because people come yeah. into the comic book shop to sell like, their I'm crap. Sell this thing. Oh. I'm going to sell you this uh, uh, Mego uh, uh, Spider-Man doll, and I want $1,000 for it. And they're like, no, 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 no. No. Well, Nichelle Nichols comes in and wants an Uhura doll. Amigo, Amigo is a line of toys. It's very valuable if you mm-hmm. go into a, a, collect, a shop to buy collector's items. She needed, she wanted Amigo Uhura doll. She comes in. It's like, I know you guys can get this. So they go and they get it. She comes back to get it. And they're like, well, it's going to cost you like, you know, $300 or something. She's really going to make me pay for an, my own doll. Uh. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> now it kind of went... Yeah, this isn't right. Like, <laughs> so all of them were like, "All right, pony up," and they all put cash on them to pay for her doll to give to her because technically it was merchandise the shop had purchased. Yeah, right, right. But still, like, it's really not okay to make Michelle Nichols pay for her own or her doll. Like, yeah, you don't do yeah. That. That's, you business expense that. Yeah. <laughs> you make it work. I do want to so. point out that we have not yet done the linguistic labyrinth. Oh, and so we, are we running out of time? We we have. Uh, what is it? So, we're 46 minutes or four, 44 minutes into the show 45-ish okay, so at this point. Okay, so take 10 minutes to, uh, so, to labyrinthize? Yeah, to labyrinthize. So no no first person pronouns. Yeah. So uh, from for, this point you know, forward, I, we, we will not use us, I, we, you. You is okay. We, we can make declarative yeah. sentences about each other. Beginning now. Well, okay. It's oh. not as hard as you think. <laughs> what happens if you do it? Is it like we Pee-wee's Playhouse? Noise. You go, ah. Yeah, yeah. There's okay. like a, it's there's like a, a deal. you know. We just okay. we kind yeah. of acknowledge it and move on. Oh, there's one. Eh. All right. It's it's trickier than it seems. Linguistic. So so it sounds like go. the Star Wars series is going to be okay. There will there will still be extended universe novels that don't have to be signed off on by. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be awesome. Um, yeah. Oh, eh. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> um, Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm. Uh, you know, under the. Um, you know, f- um, financial umbrella of Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, I um, are going to make Star Wars content. Assuming here that this is uh-huh. the case, yeah. um, <laughs> much in the way the Marvel content is made. One will s- no. <laughs> can you say is one? Does that count? One will see. One will see. You can, you can say you. You, it could be the case. I can't say you. you yeah, can. you can. You can. You can say you. I can say no. <laughs> <laughs> you can say you. <laughs> that was a trick. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Yeah. Content will be made mm-hmm. much in the way, it, in um, in the opinion <laughs> of this person speaking. <laughs> content will be made much in the style of the Marvel content. You're gonna have Star Wars as that Avengers movie. Yeah in that way mm-hmm. Star Wars will be the home base movie like Avengers is and then you'll have your side content it has already been announced that a Boba Fett movie will be made whoa really? okay yes just yeah. about Boba Fett much in the way you have Iron Man or just, Thor just doing Boba Fett's own thing mm-hmm. that's cool and it will be I, I think they've, and then I think they've you'll have said always have be... Star Wars to come back to to the you know, content, like movies will be made for those single, singular characters, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that will build a narrative. And then you will have, you will have Star Wars to come back to. Yeah, and um, you know, it's a successful formula. Age of Ultron is a very anticipated. It's already going to make a zillion dollars. Oh yeah, and yeah. the only way that Age of Ultron was made possible was by a lot of. Those Little single steps. characters yeah. movies, and then you had Avengers, and then you have the the phase two mm-hmm. um, because character it's hard movies. for for films to build those large universes mm-hmm. now. It, there's there's such an advantage on the part of serial television these days. Yes. It feels like to do to do high high budget, deep character development. Narrative All Star development Wars fans over. are. are probably hope probably I say probably hoping for a live action Star Wars television series. There there must be. There's, there there's one be. somewhere to be made. Because you have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. yeah. And, that, if, and if, if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Although, was possible, although, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was way more obscure, a comic book title, than, you know, a Star Wars live action yeah. show would it's be. Ga- it's got to be and better I love than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has gotten much, much better since Oh, much better. Season, okay. one, season one was, you know, there, there were some growing pains. And it was mostly due to the cast needing to gel. The cast yeah. really became an ensemble at the end of se- season one. In season two, 
everyone was looking forward to season two that watched it. it, it and and okay. they've, they've managed to, which is something you don't often see in television shows, they've managed to revamp the show in certain ways. Things have changed dramatically. The ensemble has changed somewhat. There are some major new characters, including mm-hmm. um, Adrian Palicki, who I just love. Um, but what's great is that they uh, elevated... They elevated the. Uh, uh, is they okay? Yeah, yeah they was, elevated the original eh, characters. Point against Kevin. Mm-hmm. Oh, they elevated those first season one characters. Mm-hmm. So, which was very, very good. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that they did that because there's a very there's a demarcation line between those two entities mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you the know like Scott folks, Sky yeah. is yeah. is is a is a is an authority figure in Shield mm-hmm. now, very much so. Yeah. You know, so hmm. Coulson is the director now. Like all these different things um, that are that are really neat. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well, good. Yeah, maybe there will be uh, more Star Wars games. It's also worth pointing out that they have announced a couple of novels um, that are that are. Canon. Canon. Uh, uh, I know okay. Tarkin just came out. Yes, um, uh, I don't, I don't I've know much about it. them. I've heard that one's really good. But there's there's oh. a. Yeah, yeah, Tarkin, just, Tarkin just came out, and it has word on the gotten street. Lots of good reviews. Is Tarkin has gotten lots of good reviews. There we go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there are there are new things coming out. Um, Rebels being one of them that are considered. Rebels is so canon, good. Like that are that are that again that A level canon. That's the same as what the new movies are going to be. Mainly because they were produced simultaneously with the new movies, so probably won't contradict them right. in any substantial way. Um, what? I okay. Eh. I'm gonna. Eh. What is Rebels? It's Dumb the story here. of a uh, Rebels takes place five years before A New Hope. Okay. Um, so it is in between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Ooh. The the Empire is um, which. Someone's gonna call me on this. Um, <laughs> call. Oh, someone is going to call. Call. We're gonna this get person letters. speaking right now about this. <laughs> um, there is the period of time between Luke's birth and Luke's maturity. Yes. Um, which I. Um, <laughs> me, it's I, really annoying when he does it. Trust me. Me thinks. Me thinks. <laughs> me thinks. <laughs> No, that doesn't count. That's borderline. Um, I. Mm, it, it could be. It could be that it Luke. Possible. It could be that Luke was eighteen, nineteen, twenty-ish in uh, episode four. Mm-hmm. Feels more like with 17, certainty 16. there is a ex- exact an exact figure for that. Someone somewhere. knows. Someone knows. It is just that that eludes the person talking right is now. It, is there a canonical age that he has? Well, there's that much time, and I guess that's fair. Rebels is five years before that, so okay. So he's five years younger than he would have been in A New Hope, mm-hmm. whatever that is. But we haven't seen Luke yet Ooh. in Rebels. Rebels is in its mid-season one finale, mm-hmm. and um, they have already built a great, a great like ensemble uh, cast already with just seven episodes. Awesome. But um, there's a Jedi in it. Mm-hmm. Jedi's are cool. Who's Jedi. to say there weren't any Jedi between that time? They Yoda. Yoda's a Jedi. Yoda yeah. went yeah. into exile. Well, so, so so presumably this Jedi will die before in Return of the Jedi. Yoda says, I mean, "The last of the Jedi will you be?" Great, a great, a, right? a really great admission by Yoda in Episode Three. Wrong, we could have been about the prophecy. That just opens up all kinds of possibilities. Ooh. That's one of the reasons for the Jedi's downfall is that they're so self-assured. Like, they're so right about everything, 100%. Like, they, they know. They know. No, they don't. And you're talking about eradicating all of the, he was all of the members. Presumably 19 by the Battle of right. Yavin. Yeah. Well, wh- what, what we are assuming here is that every single member of an order that was thousands of years old was eradicated over a short 20 year span. I mean, that's a lot of, I'm sorry, but how do you know? Oh, (laughs) no, that's fine. How does one know that there weren't, because in the books, there are other types of force users. There are even those that are just force sensitive or choose not to join the order or leave the order, but they're still force sensitive. The interesting thing with Kanan is, is that Kanan's, uh, uh, as far as I can tell so far, uh, Kanan is um, was cut off from his master. Hmm. 
after the pur at during the purge, but managed to survive and hid his identity as a Jedi. In fact, he designs a lightsaber that can be taken apart and uh -huh. put into pieces. Yeah, to be sneaky. And spread to be around. sneaky so he can wear it on his belt without wearing it in pieces. And so when he pulls it out, he connects the top and the bottom together. Does he do it with the force? Because he should mm, do it with the no, force. No, he does it, he does it very, he does it physically okay. with his hands, which is neat. But he, yeah. um, he the thing that's, that plays into his character very accurately because he has to, he has to diminish his use of the force. To hide. Because he has to hide from Vader. Yeah. And he also has to not be totally obvious. And that's what he's trying to teach Ezra, who is a Force-sensitive kid hmm. that's like a known known in Star Wars nomenclature as a street rat. Okay. Which is just a name for uh, a really um, um, derogatory term for a person who, uh, because of the Empire, is trying to survive. Yeah. And has yeah. no money or resources and um, is forced to do things that they would normally not do, possibly. But cool. But Han Solo was even a, a street rat. Yeah. Sure. So there is a Wikipedia article that we'll link to, and that we're out of the linguistic labyrinth, oh, by the way. Yeah. Okay, so great. First so, person pronouns yes, are now. But rebels is okay, rebels yeah. is rebels is really uh, really great, really interesting to watch. Um, you know, they I'll have, have a, check it out. they have uh, one of my favorites is Sabine. She is a um, I have yet to learn more about her, but she wears Mandalorian armor, and she is really into graffiti art, which is interesting yeah. because. They've made her a very uh, multi-layered character, and she's also very uh, much the... What I love about her is she left the Imperial Academy because of, um, obviously, ultimately because of, a moral, from a moral standpoint. Um, That's a good reason. And when she's with this crew, there's... There are... You know, there's Kanan and um, uh, um, Hera... Who are kind of in charge? Hera is the pilot of the ship. Kanan's mm -hmm. the captain. Yeah. And they make decisions sometimes where they keep people out of the loop. Uh huh. And she very much voices opposition to that. She goes, "You know, that's why I left the Empire. And the secrets. And you're keeping secrets here. And so, what makes you any different from the Empire? Yeah, albeit your small group. But the same problems may exist. Oh. So that that philosophical. Yeah, um, yeah. That philosophical idea is introduced very early on, and she is the linchpin for that, is mm. that, you know, okay, we're supposedly fighting this cause, and you're keeping things from me, and mm. you're doing things, uh, and you're saying this is for the greater good, which is exactly what, how the Empire got started. And she challenges that idea. That's really and, cool. And she also wears badass Mandalorian armor. Yay. She's a badass, and she um, makes graffiti art, which is neat. She tags... When they when they do something, she will tag an imperial outpost with her <laughs> mark. Nice, that's fun. Like I was here and I, I, did I jacked thing. your your stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So we got about uh, three minutes okay. left. Wait, uh, yeah, yeah, about three three minutes. So, I, yeah, okay, I'll link to, I'll link to the the it's it's called the Great Jedi. You just Purge. link to Wikipedia and read all of it, and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just and, and there is uh, there is apparently canonical and non canonical stuff about. Yeah, I actually remember when, which one when Stephen survived. discovered Wikipedia because he spent an hour nearby me just reading it out loud. You could spend a year reading Wikipedia oh, and sure. not get all the way through it. Yeah. Right. So so there are yeah there're like there're like 10 or 11 unaccounted for Jedi by the During end of the great purge that's really cool. so yeah there could be even they more. were not all and, and that's it's interesting i mean maybe it was just I mean, that all the space is, is big space is big space and, is and really, 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 is really big and, and hyperspace travel is a reality yeah. you might think it's a long way down to the shop but that's just peanuts compared to space right <laughs> the, so, what uh, vader did was take out the important the really the obvious ones the really like monumental jedi that yeah basically took out high command yeah well, uh, this has been a great discussion. And I guess, of course, I've had a Robert, your podcast is, is the best place to go of all well, of the podcasts you. for Star Wars information. I, I, and it's right? pretty easy. Yeah. BaldSolopodcast.com. Mm. That's it. That's it. I, I, would, I could find that if I was looking for it. Yes. Definitely. I, I tried to make it easy yeah. for people. There's no... It, is that solo with uh, with two L's or... Why, why would no? there, why no, would there be would two L's? Solo. There is no it's ambiguity solo. in that. It's, it's no. bald. Whatever. Like one without hair. And then right. solo, like the uh, Leia Han Organo solo. solo. As in, yeah. Oh, the, oh, oh yeah. yeah. I guess he's or a Han, solo yeah. Too. Right. Podcast. <laughs> P-O-D. Because cast that's what it is. Bald it's a podcast. Bald solo. Mm -hmm. But... 
But I mean, anyway, yeah. It's Which the, yeah, it's each, the each of my posts on that page link you directly to my SoundCloud. You can download them for free from SoundCloud Woo. onto your device. You can use the SoundCloud app, or you can download it on your computer. You can get it on iTunes and Stitcher, however you want to consume that content. It's awesome. up to you. And you're also at, uh, I believe, twittercom baldsolo. That's right. Cool. Yes, and I usually post updates there, so I always do. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on, Robert. Thank you. Uh, I am I am Stephen Torrance S Torrance on uh, on the Twitter webs, yeah, and, and uh, uh, I'm still Kevin Saunders. Uh, Twitter.com/slash Kev Sond. And I'm Robert Babst of the Bald Solo Podcast. Right. Yeah, and we we, we, we do we've have got sixty seconds. We left. do have one minute left of okay. the time. Um, should we should we do the ambiance portion of the? It's a little too loud in here. You for know, ambiance. Is it the thing? Is it? The thing is, we're at. Um, where are we again? Oh yeah, oh, let's, let's totally think the, uh, we're at the Emerald Tavern uh, yes. game cafe and bar. If you want to be adventurous thing. in an adventure tavern, yeah, uh, you should Ooh. have the Dirty Stout, which is a stout beer with espresso in it. That was interesting. It's an. That was. Something I want to get again, but I'm it was not, quite yeah, I'm not sure what happened to me just now. Um, it, it, this place is great. It has a very um, local hometown feel, which I love about yeah. a gaming cafe. And I've got a huge place. game library of free stuff to play. Oh, that's also really? great. Beers. You can come in All that stuff is free, play. free stuff. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Stephen is just now discovering that, um, which is kind of funny. There's a lot oh. of good stuff over there. Yes. yes. Do they have Carcassonne for free uh, to play? Yes, they do. Right there. There's Carcassonne. So we could we could do that if we wanted to. Yes. Anyways, yeah. And Settlers of Catan. Emerald Tavern, Austin, Texas. Well, thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll link everything in the show notes on badphilosophy.com, and we'll see you next time on Bad Philosophy. Would, would we get super copyright takedown notice if we just use the uh, Star Wars theme? I put them in mine all the time. Okay. Okay. They haven't. We're gonna do the that. thing is, I use a portion of it. Yeah, you're not going to yeah. play the whole if thing. You're, no. And I'm also yeah. talking over it, and any part I'm not talking over is like 10, set 20 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. How we do it. I don't just play their music for you <laughs> right. to just download. Yeah. It has my talking episode over Episode one, track one. Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> that was episode one, track one. One. Yeah. Here's episode one, track two. No, I don't do that. <laughs> Badphilosophy.com. It does sound really good.